The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In today's sermon, Elder John Morgan Owens takes us to every occurrence in the scripture of the word nail. As he has taught us many times in the past, whenever you see a thread in the scripture, if you pull that thread, it will ultimately lead you to a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother John Morgan does that in this case. He shows us in Scripture how Jesus Christ is the great hope that we have. He is our nail in the holy place. Join us today as we look at the hope that we have in Jesus as seen throughout the Old and New Testament Scriptures. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Joyful, joyful.
me to Ezra chapter 9. It's a little um, picture in Scripture that's caught my eye this week that I, I tried to study out a little bit. And I think you'll see it as soon as I read this passage to you. But it's Ezra 9 uh, and verse 8. It says, And now for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in His holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. So the, the picture that we're given here is, is given to the prophet Ezra. Now remember, the primary application is to a people that were in captivity. And they're given this message that there is a, that there is a remnant that is returning back to the promised land that the Lord is blessing. And he is showing them grace to, to allow them to go back, to, to no longer be in captivity. But look, the, the secondary application is to me and you, okay? That God has given us grace and that he has uh, given us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place. Now, I want to talk about that for just a few minutes. I want to talk about the nail in his holy place. And notice what the effect of this is, okay? The effect of this nail being in the holy place is that it lightens our eyes. You see, we, we live in a world of, of darkness <laughs> where there's uh, uh, burdens upon you. The world would seek to put burdens on you. You put burdens on yourself. The, the systems of faith out there would put burdens on you to uh, save yourself from your sins, to uh, walk a certain pathway of life to reach uh, enlightenment, to reach nirvana, to reach salvation. Well, the gospel, <laughs> the gospel uh, cuts through all of that and says you are not able to save yourself, but God has saved you. Now that, that truth alone lightens my eyes, right? It takes the burden off of my back and gives us a little reviving in our bondage. The, the idea that I get is of somebody carrying around these weights and it's weighing them down. And then someone comes alongside of them and says, let me take some of that weight off of you, right? That is the gospel message and that is that nail in that holy place. Let's go over to Zechariah chapter 10. Now we're going we're gonna to jump sort of in the middle of what's going on here, but I'll just say this. What's, what's in, uh, under consideration here is Judah, the house, the family of Judah. And he says in verse 4 of, of Zechariah 10, he says, Out of him came forth the corner, out of him the nail, out of him the battle bow, out of him every oppressor together. Okay? So it's, it's saying out of the household of Judah there's come a lot of things, or will come a lot of things. Of course, we know that Jesus came out of the house of Judah, right? He is the line of the tribe of Judah. Out of Judah comes the corner. We think of Jesus as our cornerstone, don't we? As the stone that the builders rejected, that his own people rejected him as the Messiah. But nonetheless, we see him as the cornerstone of the whole building of the church of God. And then, out of him, 
the nail. It's the same word used here as was used back in Ezra. The idea of a, of a sure thing, of a nail that is driven in for support or for attaching something. Out of him, the battle bow. Out of him, every oppressor together. Now, of course, we also know that the kingly line came through Judah. And there were a lot of bad kings. <laughs> a lot of bad kings came out of the line of Judah. But Jesus also came out of, the, out of the line of Judah. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's go to Isaiah 22 now. And we'll settle in around verse uh, 20. All right, we're jumping in the middle of context again, but I don't believe we're going to abuse it. Uh, and verse 20 of Isaiah 22 says this, And it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. So we've got a primary application of this man. But I think you'll see it is a, it is a uh, prophetical vision also of Jesus Christ coming. Okay, And I will clothe him with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle. And I will commit thy government into his hand. You remember the prophecies of Jesus' coming? That the government would be upon his shoulders? It's very similar here. It says, I will commit thy government into his hand. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. I see, you see Jesus fulfilling this. So he shall open, and none shall shut, and he shall shut, and none shall open. Jesus is described in that way. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. Okay? Remember this, that God has given us grace. He's, he's been graceful to us, and he's given us this nail in a holy place. Now, he, here he describes this person, uh, Eliakim, also Jesus, as, as a nail that is fastened in a sure place. And when we think about nails today, <laughs> all right, we're thinking about, um, you know, I've got, a, I've got a little set at home for hanging pictures on the wall, okay? And you got these little bitty tiny nails, and you can, you can put them in your sheetrock, okay? That's not what this is talking about, all right? That's, that would be my hope if my salvation and my righteousness depended on me. <laughs> it would be like one of those tiny nails put in sheetrock. You know, it can hold a picture up, but if you, if you try to put your weight on it, you know what's going to happen? It's just going to rip right out. This is a nail in a sure place. Fastened securely. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring in the issue, all vessels of small quantity, uh, from the vessels of cups even to all the vessels of flagons. It's saying this nail in this sure place is going to be a place where the glory of God hangs upon. The glory of the father's house and the offspring. Jesus Christ as a nail fastened to the wall in the holy place, is a place where God hangs His glory. <laughs> he hangs the glory, but also He hangs His offspring. You are held up by the nail of Jesus Christ fastened in the sure place. It's not, it's not your works. 
It's not your will that drives the nail in. It's not your power that holds it there. It's not you that are holding yourself there. It is Jesus Christ, your nail in a holy place, in a sure place. So I'm going to show you sort of two ways in which this nail and the sure place can teach us. Okay, so one, a nail on a wall is a place where you can hang something, right? The, the, in the temple, there would have been uh, places for hanging sacred instruments, hanging uh, the vestures of the, the robes of the priest. In like manner, Jesus is where your righteousness is hanging. It is hanging there in the holy place. The offspring, you are hanging from him. But now also, um, if you go over to Judges 4 really quickly, let's go to verse 17. Now what's happened here, this is in the time of the judges, okay? So we're talking about dark times, <laughs> dark times for Israel. They do what's right in their own eyes. God, God hears their cry. He gives them a, someone to deliver them. He gives them a judge. Here they've had this battle, and then the, one of the enemy commanders is fleeing. Sisera. Uh, verse 17, Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael, this, this woman, went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her, into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. Now this man is exhausted from the battle. He's been running. He's tired. You know this story. And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Now let's skip down to verse 21. He falls asleep there. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground. For he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. All right, so then uh, the, the folks that are pursuing this bad guy, they get there to the tent, and they come in, and, and the, the woman says, he's in the tent, right? He is nailed to the ground, okay? So this is a graphic story, but here's what you need to, to get from this. This nail, uh, you know, it's not a, you know, a three-inch nail. It's, this is something serious, okay? This is something uh, big enough and strong enough that you can drive it through a person's skull and drive it into the ground. Okay? And this was also uh, the word that was used for nail in the other places is also used to describe a tent peg. Okay? So what are tent pegs used for? They're not just used to drive into a wall and to hang something. They're also used for support, to, to be an anchor. And so... Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, let's go to verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. He says by two immutable things. What are those things? Well, for one, it's impossible for God to lie. That's one immutable thing. The second thing is that He also confirmed it by an oath. He made a covenant. And so... That's the hope that we have in our salvation in God. And he says, which hope we have 
as an anchor of the soul. You see, the hope that you have in Christ is not, uh, is not a, a rusty fishing hook, as Brother Chris has said before. It is an anchor. An anchor designed to keep an entire ship uh, from being tossed about in the waves. It is an anchor. You know, you're saved by grace. You'll be in heaven because of the blood of Christ. But in this world, when you encounter the storms of life, what do you need? You need the anchor of hope. And that is like a nail fastened in a sure place. He says this, that our hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Don't be ashamed of your hope. Don't try to belittle your hope and just say, all I have is a little hope. Your hope is a great thing, okay? Your hope is everything. Well, hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Your anchor. You are tethered to an anchor, and it goes all the way from you into, uh, into the, the glory of the presence of God. You realize that? Why would you turn to, to this world to, to give you hope? Now, you've got bad news. Maybe it's medical news. I was overwhelmed by the prayer request list this morning. So much bad news. We had some, we had some praise reports, but you know, if you turn to this world to give you some hope, maybe, maybe you're uh, feeling sick, maybe there, you've got a diagnosis, Maybe somebody in your family's got a diagnosis and you look to uh, Google to try to find an answer uh, for some, to give you some hope. You're not going to find hope. But why would you look anywhere else than the anchor of Jesus Christ? It says, uh, your anchor, uh, your hope, is, is an a anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil and the holy of holies. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Your hope is there with Jesus Christ as a, as a nail fastened in a sure place. Think about that nail. Think about that nail that nailed that man to the ground. Right? I mean, brutal. That's, that, is, that is fastened. Now, your hope is fastened even more securely. Your hope in Christ. Now, let's go over to Colossians 2, last place. And verse 13, it says, And you, being dead in your sins. What, what hope do you have? Being dead in your sins. What hope does a dead person have? There's no medicine. There's no help out there in the world. The only hope is Jesus Christ in resurrecting you. And that's what happens in the deadness of our sins. Jesus comes to you and He speaks to you. <laughs> he calls you by name from death to life. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened, hath He made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of the ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to His cross. You see, all of the law, all of it is stacked against you. Okay, All of the law is telling you about your failures, about how you come short. It is what is 
uh, convicting you, prosecuting you. It is against you. And, and what God says when He comes to, as, as Jesus Christ, when He comes to the cross, what does He do? He takes that law aside and He nails it to the cross, fulfilling it, satisfying it for you. Nailing Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, to the cross to suffer the eternal wrath of God because of His love for you. Now that's something else right there. You know, uh, Brother, Brother Cal had an appointment this week. Uh, he had a six-month appointment. He got all these shots, and it was awful, okay? So that night, as, as he was you know, feverish and everything, that was Wednesday night. Uh, he didn't come to church Wednesday night. Uh, he was feverish. He, he felt bad. He was crying. And it was just no consoling. And I'm telling you, Sister Meredith and I were, were just, our hearts were on the rack, it felt like. And they were just being tortured as we, as we watched him and listened to him suffer. Okay? And I, I got a little better taste for the love of God for me. As, as my heart broke, and I, I knew he was okay. But can you imagine God taking His darling, His only begotten Son, taking Him aside and driving nails through Him, the wrath, the eternal wrath of God, and letting Him suffer and turning away from Him because of His love for you. Now that is our hope. <laughs> he is our hope. Okay? So, to recap, this nail in the sure place, it's where your righteousness is hanging. It's where all of your hopes hang. It's where He has hung you there. The offspring. But also, it is your hope. Okay? Because not only did He take care of your salvation without your consent... Without your permission, without you having to help Him, not, not only did He take care of the sin problem forever, but also in this life, as you struggle and as you go through the storms of this life, you have an anchor, a nail in a sure place to hang on to. And that is Jesus Christ. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to live on your own righteousness. I'm telling you, this morning, I was so afflicted and convicted of my failings. I, I did not feel, I, I did not want to come here this morning, okay? That is a confession. I did not want to be here. I, I, would, I, I would rather it had been a Monday morning, okay? Because I knew how bad I didn't deserve to come here. And I could not bear the thought of facing my God. But you know what's happening in those moments when Satan has come to you and he is lying to you? Right. Is that I am hanging my hopes on my righteousness and coming before God. My hopes, your hopes are not in your righteousness. Your hopes are hanging on the righteousness of Christ. You remember, when you come to God, you aren't coming to Him wearing your garments, okay? You're wearing the righteousness of Christ. When He sees you approaching to His throne of grace, He sees the beauty of His darling Son. That's the hope that we have as a, a nail in a sure place, okay? 
I hope that's an encouragement to you. We looked, just by the way, just for the record, we looked at every single occurrence of the word nail in Scripture in those few verses. And it's, it's amazing how all of them point to Jesus. They depict his suffering. They depict what he did for you. Isn't that amazing? I would encourage you, uh, when you study the Scriptures, uh, just keep pulling the thread, okay? And it will inevitably lead you uh, to a, a beautiful picture of your Savior. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.